We're joined on the line now by Nick Everett, who is a branch committee member of the National Tertiary Education Union at Murdoch University, as well as a delegate. Nick, before we get stuck into the meat and bones of what's happened out at uh, Murdoch, can you explain to our listeners uh, exactly what uh, has been voted on there? It is a variation to an enterprise uh, bargaining agreement. It may be that some of our listeners aren't familiar with exactly what that means. Can you just explain the process and exactly what's been voted on there? Yeah, it might just be useful first to uh, introduce the topic by saying that over the last five months, since May, um, we've seen 10 different universities around the country uh, present enterprise agreement variations to staff for a vote. Um, In each of these cases, basically, university management have been out to um, cut costs by effectively attacking uh, uh, staff paying conditions. Uh, in the case of Murdoch University, their proposal had uh, three elements. Um, the first was to deny staff a pay increase due this month, a pay increase I would say that was only 1% plus $500 added to their salary. Uh, in addition to uh, deny staff who would ordinarily receive a pay increment next year that pay increment. So our our pay is structured so that um, over a number of years, depending upon your classification, um, you receive uh, an annual pay increment as a recognition of seniority. And the third element was to uh, allow management to direct staff to take uh, their annual leave where they had accrued um, above 10 days of annual leave. Currently, if they've accrued over 20 days of annual leave, they can be directed to take uh, that leave. And so to the vote itself on that variation to the Enterprise Bargaining Agreement, I understand that it's been overwhelmingly rejected uh, with a vote of of 73%. Talk about uh, the vote itself and the significance of it and also speak to what might happen next in terms of the ongoing campaign to to defend jobs and conditions out there uh, for staff at Murdoch University. Yeah, well, um, I think 73% voting no is a resounding victory. Uh, and we had more than 1,800 staff vote, which is at least half of the staff em- employed at Murdoch University. Um, again, just to provide some backdrop here, as I mentioned before, we've seen um, similar proposals put at other universities, uh, and this has been the most resounding rejection of such proposals to date. Um, I think it's useful to speak to why that's the case. Uh, in the first a few instances, in fact, five universities, to my knowledge, the National Tertiary Education Union's national leadership um, and uh, branch and division leaderships have actually recommended to staff that they vote for enterprise agreements. And this occurred in a context where management was saying to staff, um, vote for this uh, cut in your paying conditions and in return we will save um, so many number of jobs uh, and as part of that, um, the, the management um, in those instances agreed to share um, uh, their financial statements with the NTU. Um, in each case now, um, we've seen essentially university managements renege on those commitments to save jobs, or at least in many, most cases, the number of jobs to be saved has been a rather rubbery figure, and we've seen... Um, in many instances, hundreds of um, job losses follow. So just to cite a few examples, uh, Monash and La Trobe universities, uh, there were proposals put to staff back in May uh, to uh, 
take pay reductions of up to 10%. We saw a similar proposal go to staff at the University of WA at the same time. Um, in each of those instances, a majority of staff voted for that variation with strong campaigning from the NTU, which provided um, their own, the union staff to, to ring staff and say, look, you know, this is an act of solidarity. You need to do this to save jobs. A minority of us in the NTU, organised as NTU Fight Back, rejected the whole principle that um, by giving concessions to management, that that was a strategy to save jobs. And I think that has now been borne out. So at Murdoch, I think there's a culmination of factors that led to such a resounding defeat of management strategy. Um, firstly, I think uh, staff looked to the other universities, particularly those in Victoria, um, and seen jobs savaged even after such promises were made. Uh, additionally, at Murdoch University, um, it's a campus that's been less affected than other universities by COVID-19. So uh, we've seen some reduction in international student numbers, but not um, on the scale that's impacted other universities. Uh, and Murdoch Management uh, in their last annual report reported that they had $413 million in cash reserves. And when questioned about this um, claim that they're still retaining such reserves for a rainy day. So I think that angered a lot of staff. Additionally, uh, their last uh, three annual reports indicate that the highest paid person on the campus, presumably the Vice-Chancellor, has seen uh, a pay rise from $585,000 per year thereabouts to just under a million dollars, $995,000 a year thereabouts as of last year. Management said that they would freeze their pay, not take a cut, but freeze their pay from April of this year. Um, but when Dave, when one of them has seen a pay rise of 70% over four years and is paid 12 times what I am, uh, you can understand the anger that staff feel uh, when they're being asked to take a pay cut after having had less than inflation level pay rises um, in recent years. Nick Everett, you've already painted a bit of a picture of the wider battleground, if you like, between management and workers across the university sector. But it may be that some of our listeners are wondering why we're focusing on such a specific uh, struggle between uh, workers and management at, at Murdoch University. But this is a line in the sand moment, isn't it? And it's extremely significant what uh, takes place now at Murdoch University, as well as uh, all the campuses throughout the country, because really we are talking about the very future of education, higher education itself in Australia, in terms of funding levels, in terms of student-staff ratios, in terms of decent uh, jobs and wages and conditions for, for workers in the, in the sector. So I guess tease out a little more what uh, just how significant this moment is in terms of uh, which way this uh, which way this struggle goes over the course of the next uh, a few months in the university sector yep so what happens next in when this proposal was put to staff uh, we were told that it might save 30 to 40 jobs that translates to somewhere between six and ten million dollars uh, in management um, in in the university budget um, but the university itself, uh, the university management have said that they want to cut $25 million from the salary budget. Now, um, our maths would suggest that that could be somewhere between 160 and 200 jobs. Uh, they've no, made no exact announcement um, on that score. Um, but they did at the beginning of um, introducing these measures uh, say that they have a KPI that's been in place, I understand, for a number of years, 
to reduce salary as a proportion of um, university expenditure. Now, just to sort of cut through what that means to, for our listeners, um, basically cutting salary means um, less staff to provide support for students, uh, uh, whether it be um, social workers, um, uh, uh, learning advisors, um, uh, any other forms of uh, student support. Um, it means less teaching staff to teach. It means uh, less research, um, some of that research being very important and vital uh, in terms of what universities are providing. Uh, and we're seeing this repeated around the country. Uh, and we're seeing it driven um, both simultaneously by the federal government and university vice chancellors and, and university managements. So uh, Tihan's, um, the Education Minister Tihan's reforms um, basically, uh, once again, cut overall um, federal government funding per student um, and introduce further inequalities uh, in the name of having students job ready by asking art students to pay more, effectively art students to pay even more than what their degrees cost, meaning that art students would be subsidising uh, universities' uh, operations. So... As you said before, I think this is a, a moment where we should be drawing a line in the sand. We shouldn't be asking either staff or students to pay for a crisis, which fundamentally is a crisis of the federal government's making, where over many years now the federal government has um, eroded the higher education budget. An interesting uh, backdrop to what's happening at Murdoch in terms of management's efforts to reduce the salary budget by $25 million and uh, cut jobs is that they are one of two universities alongside Edith Cowan that have recently announced that they will be constructing uh, campuses in the central business district as part of the $1.5 billion city deal redevelopment of uh, parts of the CBD. What does that say, uh, Nick, about the, the priorities of the management there at Murdoch that they seem hell-bent or very keen to expand their capital works uh, to, to construct these new buildings in the CBD while at one and the same time pressing ahead with staff cuts. Yeah, well, um, we can speak here of uh, Murdoch management and Curtin University management essentially working hand-in-hand hand, um, in this with this agenda. Uh, Curtin um, announced a similar enterprise agreement variation proposal a week before Murdoch University, they took their proposal to, to staff and similarly uh, their proposal was rejected by staff. So Curtin, like Murdoch, um, have been less affected by COVID than other universities um, and yet see, I think, an opportunity here to cry poor and to, um, to ask staff to make sacrifices, albeit um, while both universities are, um, have new capital works projects in the pipeline. Um, the uh, city campus that you mentioned, um, both universities are, are taking up this um, proposal uh, with the state government, where the state government's providing a land grant for um, a new vertical campus in the city. Um, but obviously, uh, in the years ahead, um, in both cases, the universities are going to need to be injecting um, a lot of money into um, uh, building and maintaining those new sites and staffing them. Um, and in the when the proposals uh, for this variation were put to Murdoch staff, um, one manager expressed in a meeting that um, uh, the state of the buildings at Murdoch hadn't changed much since uh, 
he commenced at Murdoch some 30 years ago. Um, and uh, now, you know, we're essentially being asked to um, take cuts in paying conditions in order to um, produce a prettier campus, um, a campus with more uh, buildings, um, all at the same time where we're seeing courses pushed online, uh, lect uh, lectures that were once in lecture theatres now uh, giving way to um, recorded lectures. So, um, uh, you know, clearly these um, universities are operating on the basis um, that they think they're corporations, not public institutions. Um, they're obviously keen to attract more students, including international students. Um, but we're seeing this um, this whole set of priorities um, at the expense of the quality of education for students and the, the well-being of both students and staff.